You are listening to Keith Price's Cooper Call. This is Keith Price, and welcome back to another episode of The Curtain Call. And it's so exciting because, you know, I told you that we would divert, kind of step into the side just a hair for the Black History Month. Just a hair, because, you know, history is being made on so many different levels with my next guest. <laughs> <laughs> Frederick Douglass, he's really, uh, what is it, he's, he's being, being talked about more and more? Is more that what and more, it was? yeah. <laughs> oh my God, this is going to be fun Seems now. Like people are people are really starting to pay attention to that guy. I, God forbid, right? They're catching on, right? <laughs> oh my God, but, but what's happening now in the theater world, let's just put it down, they're catching on to my next guest, the... I love to say this because she is now the 2017 Cleveland Prize winner as the most promising musical theater librettist. Um, it's kind of funny because at this point, my next guest is actually a Tony Award winning, Cleveland <laughs> Prize winning musical theater librettist. I think she her future already of promise has already happened before the prize <laughs> got here. <laughs> the one and only Miss Lisa Crone. How are you doing, darling? I'm good. I'm good. Congratulations. Congratulations. This is exciting. Thank you. How exciting to be a Cleveland Prize winner. I, it I, is really exciting. I, I don't know how, how to be more excited for you. It's like you winning a Tony Award before this particular <laughs> moment happens versus this is supposed to be the moment that defines you getting the Tony Award. You're like all backwards. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Well, I do, you know, the, the process is quite long. So, right. uh, and I, uh, you know, like I think a lot of people, um, who get the Cleveland, I, um, applied, um, uh, a bunch of times. Right. So when I, um, I was, you know, I feel like when I, when I first applied for the Cleveland award, I was very, very far away from ever imagining I might someday win a Tony award. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Is there, I wonder, is there like a book, like, you know, the secret that works for this moment? Because this is so out of the ordinary. I kind of like this. To win a big prize, yes. it is out of the ordinary. It is out of the ordinary. It would be better if it happened to more people more often. <laughs> but better it's happening to you, right? Hey. <laughs> so, well, Lisa. Definitely feels lucky. This is great. So, for those of you who may not know who Lisa Crone is or may not know what she won the Tony for, Lisa Crone is part of the, they called it one of the most historic uh, Tony Award-winning musicals in that Lisa Crone is part of the team that won for Fun Home, which actually was one of those musicals that in 90 minutes devastated me and left me wanting more all at the same time. So thank you for that. And, <laughs> You're and, welcome. And at the same time is currently on tour right now around the country. Mm -hmm which I mm -hmm. think is fantastic. So you, your work is already being seen on a national audience. And I also know, too, I don't know if it's already happened, but you might be able to tell me. But I remember when I talked to Leia Salonga last year, they were talking about doing a version of this show in the Philippines. At yes, one time. they did it. And they, they did, did it. do yeah. it. So, girl, you are international already. <laughs> and now they're recognizing you. <laughs> <laughs> How exciting. How exciting for you. What does this feel like to you right now? I feel really lucky about it. And I have gotten, Fun Home got a lot of recognition. And so, you know, that's just been a very fortunate trajectory. But, right. you know, Fun Home is my first musical. 
you know, people sometimes say to me, like, what's the, what, what can you tell us about how to write a musical? And I'm like, well, <laughs> the secret to my first musical was to write it with Janine Tesori. Okay. <laughs> um, that was really, uh, that's the best advice I have. At some point, you know, we didn't know when we were writing it. We had no reason to believe that it would have the success that it had. And we, you know, our goal was just to make the best piece of work that we could make and we right. cared really deeply about the project and about the source material and we worked very hard in it for seven years and mm -hmm. um you know the stars aligned and it, it worked out but at some point once the started to have its happy trajectory when it was in production you know Jeanine, you know she said to me she's like you know this never happens this never happens <laughs> you know <laughs> like what you know this is so misleading <laughs> to think wow. that this is what happens with the musical but you know before this is my first musical but i've been working in the theater for 30 exactly. years i know how rare that is and um you know the music theater form it's it's much more rigorous and difficult i think than i think you know regular plays are hard it's a right. really hard form but it's much more forgiving than a musical is it's a craft that i am really just um you know, such a newcomer to, mm -hmm. and it's, I just feel like it, it, no matter how hard you work on it, it's always going to be elusive. There's always going to be more to try to figure out. So I do feel like I still have a lot to figure out and a lot to accomplish and to learn and to, you know, prove certainly to myself about what is possible for me to make in this form. You know, I'm, I feel right. very humble in front of it. Wow. Well, you know, Lisa Crone here with me on The Curtain Call, and we're talking about the fact that she is this year's Kleban Prize winner. I, I find it really exciting because I, I t spoken to Daniel uh, Zajcek, the other winner, mm -hmm. and it was something that before I got off the phone with him, and it just dawned on me, and I forgot to talk to him about it. And now I have you, and I want to ask you about it. You started off as an actor. I'll tell you how Daniel feels about it. I'll, 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 I'll tell you what Daniel would have said. <laughs> but but you, you started off as an actor through, mm -hmm. before this before we got from to the point where you are right now with your Cleveland Prize and your Tony Award. You were an actor. And do mm -hmm. you think that that has helped inform? I, certainly, I'm sure that that's helped inform the way that you write plays. But did that help mm -hmm. you with writing lyrics for, for music? I mean, I think I'm always thinking from inside of a character's point of view. Mm -hmm. It seems to me that that's how playwrights need to write, but it's certainly informed by that. I, I, I think I have a sense of what the theatrical dynamic is right. from having been on stage so much. And I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a singer, but in my early days, I was in musicals and I did summer stock. Mm -hmm. And so I've definitely had that experience. Of, right. you know, being inside of a musical. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think that uh, the experience of having been on stage a lot, I don't know if it's different, I would say both for plays and for musicals, it gives me a sense of the theatrical dynamic and the relationship right. to an audience. That's cool, because I think that, you know, in terms of being able to delve into the character in general, the acting is what's what's the most important skill that you probably have but it's interesting to dive into the character and then create a dialogue of sorts 
in terms of beyond mm-hmm. the play and make it musical is probably where the challenge is, right? I think it's to a certain extent about the character, but more it's about formal questions. Right. Um, and in a musical, the formal questions are just endless. You know, music theater songs operate in so many different ways. Right. And, you know, they can be someone's internal voice. They can be someone's unconscious internal voice. You know, the lyrics can be what the person is actually saying, and the music itself is their unconscious emotional state. That's certainly the way Fun Home operated a lot. Um, They can be the collective voice of a community. They can be the collective unconscious voice of a community. They can be, you know, there's just so many different ways for musical theater songs to operate formally. And all of those formal shifts, I think, are the, they're actually the basis of theatrical engagement. Wow. And audiences aren't conscious of this, but that, those formal transformations and then leaps in story and in time and, you know, all of those transformative moments, that is actually the nature of theater. And, and when those transformations happen, that is what just sucks an audience right inside of a, of a show and and music theater songs i think give us a lot of ways to do that and i think that is something that's really i mean i think i i know something about that from the play side and i'm and i'm you know have been in the process of trying to understand that from the music theater side and certainly working with janine was really great because she knows so much about that absolutely um so because her, she has an amazing, you know, lineage and pedigree on the Great White Way as it is now. So mm-hmm. it was sort of like, you know, for some of us musical theater fans, we were like, she kind of got robbed for Carolina Change. But that's another story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because even mm-hmm. though I felt mm-hmm. that, I'm still very thankful that she gave me Thoroughly Modern Millie. But that's another story, too. Anyway, <laughs> so, so now you know who you're really talking to, right? Big Queen. Um, so, <laughs> so, but then for Lisa, so for you now, What's what was the first thing you did when you got the phone call that you had won the Cleveland Prize? <laughs> well, I was in Lansing, Michigan, where I grew up, in the hospital uh, where my with my mother oh. who was quite ill, and I think I I found out I think I got an email in the evening, so I was sitting by her hospital bed and sort of scrolling, and I I, I you know I saw that I had gotten an email or a phone call from somebody from the Cleveland Foundation. It was the, I think, the attorney from the Cleveland Foundation. Uh-huh. And when I spoke to him the next day, I spoke to him and, and Richard Mal- Malpe the next day, I was, again, in the hospital, and he said, I would imagine you knew what that call was about. And I said, well, I guess I thought either I might have gotten the Cleveland or I'm being sued, <laughs> one or the other. <laughs> so, but it was very, it was actually, it was, I, I have to say, you know, I, uh, my mother's, is sort of on the mend right now, but good. most of the good, fall good, good. Um, and winter, I've spent a, a lot of, I've sort of, you know, stepped out of my life and spent a lot of time being with her, which has been very, I've been very happy to have, a, you know, a flexible life so that I can mm-hmm. do that. It had, Those weeks have been really adding up, and I, I have to say that it was, it was a great <laughs> comfort right. to find out that that was happening at that time. It was really nice, and it was nice to be able to tell her also. Um, that I had gotten the award. So that's fantastic. Well, I'm glad to hear your mom's doing well. 
We've been doing better, for sure. That's great. Yes, thank you. Wow. So for you now, you've got this prize money now. Have mm-hmm. you thought about, because, you know, I'm a nosy queen. What was the first thing you thought about buying? Because <laughs> <laughs> I got to know. <laughs> was it vacation? Was it? <laughs> uh, uh, I don't I don't really know. I I have to say that I feel like we're living in a time of great um, turmoil. It, it makes it easier to give more money away, right? which is my inclination now. And my partner and I uh, recently bought an apartment. So we're you know trying to figure out, we have been trying to figure out how much renovating we can afford. Right. And so part of it will probably go toward that. I don't know. You know, I, when I was, in, I guess 2000, I got the first significant grant I had ever gotten. You know, I've been at this a long time. Yes. I'm old. Uh, <laughs> but that grant was from the Creative Capital Foundation. And, you know, up until that point, I, you know, like many artists, you know, I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I would just be in a cold sweat. Like, what's going to happen to me? How am I going to pay my bills? You know? Right. And after I got that, you know, I put a bunch of it in the bank. And then I, I never like was I never ran out of money completely. Sometimes it got really low, but I never ran out of money again until the year before Fun Home went to Broadway. Wow. And, you know, Janine and I worked on the musical for seven years and, you know, there were different things that were happening sometimes that made it so I had an income, but there was no, you know, music theaters, theater writers, we write on spec, you know, nobody pays us to write. So these, grants, you know, when these things happen, prizes and grants, they are, they allow us, they can allow us if we're, when we're, if we're fortunate to to get them, what they can do is, is, you know, let us, um, have time to write. And, you know, I haven't really, uh, written for film and television. I'm not against it. I, I love movies and I love TV, but I'm a theater person, you know, and so a grant like this allows me to be a, a theater writer. It allows me to put it in the bank and so that I can be a theater writer. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. So I was going to ask you, though, what do you, now that you have this piece of, uh, you know, I, you know, I'm not counting your money, but I'm just saying that now that you have this chunk of change that you certainly can put to the side to do certain things have you thought about what your next writing project is because you seem like again most of the writers that i've had the pleasure of talking to there's at least six different projects right now sitting Mm -hmm. sitting right Mm -hmm. in front of you Mm -hmm. on your desk is there one of those six that now that you have this 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 little bit of a cushion to actually become more creative which one are you going to grab well I, i i am working on a number of different things um that are that are in the hopper. I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna keep plugging away at the, you know, the ones that I'm that I'm already working on. So I'm working with Peter Lerman, the composer Peter Lerman. We're yeah. working on a musical, and um, that's really the next. That's the next thing. That's uh, that's sort of at the front of the line, and and we're having a really um, great time working on that. So that's fantastic. You know yeah. what I was, I, I do want to ask you though because. One of the things about Fun Home that I remember very fondly was that last year during the Big Pulse nightclub disaster, you guys Mm -hmm. took that show to Florida Mm -hmm. and you did a presentation Mm -hmm. of the show, basically a concert version of the show. And Mm -hmm. it was a benefit for 
uh, one of the organizations there in Florida, and mm -hmm. it was mm -hmm. so overwhelmingly emotional mm -hmm. to have that story being told at that time under those circumstances. Um, mm -hmm. I found that as one of those places where the art and the there was like a little level of activism that that show mm -hmm. brought to this particular thing. You know, mm -hmm. right now this political climate is the way that it is. Has it inspired you to start thinking as an artist in for your next projects to be a lot more activist-oriented art, should I say? If you're planning more activist-oriented art, yeah. That's what I meant um, You know, I'm always interested in... I, I, think, I, I think the way to think about working on theater is that you always have to, um, I remember, uh, you know, being in, in tech one time and, um, you know, I think, I feel like one of the, there was, there was somebody on the design team of whatever the show was, it was a long time ago who, you know, just wasn't quite getting on board and, and, and kept saying, you know, but this is what I pictured and this is what I pictured. And I remember the director saying, it doesn't matter what you pictured. We have to look at what is here. Right. We, you know, we're making the show that we're making is not an idea, an abstract idea. It's you. You have to make your choices based on what we actually are making in this moment. And so, I feel like everything that I'm doing, I want to. I feel like it, it seems to me that this is a very different reality that we're living in. Right. Uh, it's profound. It's profound change. <laughs> Um, different people, I think, feel different ways. I think for some people it feels more temporary or more unreal. Uh, I feel it to be uh, profound right. um, and seismic. Um, and uh, so certainly in everything that I'm writing, I'm right, I, I feel like the context, I, I want to... I'm, I'm reframing things into as much as I can understand about what our current context is. Right. Um, and there are, and uh, this is true of many people that I know, there are projects that I let go mm -hmm. because they felt just, it, it, they became suddenly either irrelevant or, or wrong. So I dropped certain projects. Um, and, uh, and then um, I feel like I have for, you know, my whole life been sort of activist adjacent. Right. Um, and now I feel that, uh, like many, many people, that it's my duty to be um, in the streets. Right. And uh, I was at a march on um, Tuesday, uh, Resistance Tuesdays, Resist Trump Tuesdays. Mm -hmm. I was at Grand Armory Plaza. Today at noon I was... Um, uh, in front of Senator Schumer's office uh, in Midtown. Um, tomorrow, Madeline George, my partner, and I are mm -hmm. going to um, Kennedy um, for the... There's going to be a, a Muslim prayer at noon and um, different people sort of joining hands to surround um, that prayer at noon. And, um, you know, I don't... I don't... I certainly feel like we can give our representatives, we can tell them in the strongest possible terms that we want them to resist this. There's no outfoxing this. There's no 
collaboration. There's no strategy of appeasement. That's right. not where we are. Amen. And as Charles Blow, the great Charles Blow in the Times said today, you know, for instance, with the Attorney General, uh, I mean, the uh, Supreme Court nominee, we just don't want our... Why do Democrats want their fingerprints on that nominee? If they're right. going to if they're going to take the nuclear option, let them do it. But we, you know, we might. I don't know how far we're going to get, but for our own humanity, we need to band together as humans and say these are our values. This is the world we want to live in. We will stand here in the streets and proclaim that. And if you are going to do evil. We're going to demand that you stop, and if you don't, we are going to remain human. We're going to remain human. So. Well, ooh, Miss Lisa girl. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> you, that's an undertaking. It's an undertaking, and it's really hard because I think as artists, we do now have a responsibility to step up our game because we don't have – it's because the arts are going to be the first thing that's going to get slashed, cut, and burned before it's all said and done, and that is where our voice is. I had that explained to me the other day. So – Miss Lisa, you know, here you are, 2017 Kleban Prize winner for the most promising musical theater <laughs> person with your Tony Awards and your plays and everything that's going on for you. Thank you so much for taking the time out to chat with me. And again, thank you very much. Go to lisacrone.org for more information about all of the things that Miss Lisa is up to. Find out what she's got <laughs> popping, what's going to be coming down the pipe, as the kids would be saying. Well, that's the old kids like me. But, um, but at the same time, you know, congratulations on absolutely everything. And I hope that there is going to be really a lot more. Now that you've now that you for the lack of a, you know, professional term have you know, given in to the musical completely by doing something yeah. like fun home. Means it's come, you, uh, you've come over to the dark side. <laughs> well, you know what? You just keep doing what you're doing, honey, and that's that's all we can do. You know what I mean? You just stay in that lane and make it work because it's it's working for you. And this is it's a wonderful thing to see this happen. And you know, again, we're, we are not going to neglect the fact that that you yourself are out and proud doing what you're doing yes, is the most absolutely. political that you can possibly be. And I'm so thrilled that. I have this opportunity to share that with you right now. So I'm hope, looking forward it's to so seeing fun you. talking to you. This has been great. I'm looking forward to seeing you at the event. Um, I'm going to have a real short amount of time, which is why I'm so glad that I got to talk to you before the event so that when I get to just pop in, give a big hug, maybe we can do a quick selfie because that's what the kids are doing. And Love I it. can celebrate all of that fabulousness with you. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And again, for more information about Lisa Crone, go to lisacrone.org. For more information about the Kleban Prize, you can look that up online. Go to theclebanprize.com and find out more about that. And as a matter of fact, the applications for next year's Kleban Prize is going to start on March 18th. So those composers and uh, those lyricists, or excuse me, those lyricists and librettists out there, this is your opportunity to get in line like the Lisa Crones of the world, honey, <laughs> and make yourself known. So thank you again, Miss Lisa, and we're out.